welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episodes, become a sponsor, or do all of the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit ThemeOfTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Surprise, surprise! We may have to award the best rusical in franchise history tonight. Crawl out of the sewer. It's time to break down the latest episode of RuPaul's Rat Race UK. I mean, Drag Race. And joining me to talk all things rats, it's everyone's favorite twink, Twinkie Boots! Hi! How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's a fun um, uh, post-birthday weekend for me, and I'm back to podcasting and being a real human. Yes, same. Technically, kind of same for me. I was like, my yeah. birthday was last Monday, so yeah. Yeah, I, I did a Ooh. little uh, staycation uh, at a hotel in New York City, and it was cute, and I had fun. One of my friend buddies stayed with me, and it was fun, and it was basically like being at my own home. Great. I, I. That's exactly what I did for my birthday. I yeah. sat around at my own home, so it was a great. I mean, birthday. I ordered, I ordered like room <laughs> service, which was cool, but again, it's like. Isn't that what we do here anyway? Essentially, yep. I will say, living out of a suitcase was actually fun. I enjoyed that, and it gave me the urge to want to be like, I'm going to travel after COVID's over. I'm just going to find all the money in the world and be a travel blogger. Right. I was like, I there was so much traveling I was supposed to do before COVID shut all that down that I'm like, I'm ready for those things to pop back up so that I can go and do them again. Same, same. Well, one of the places I would love to visit is england i've never been so funny enough i was born in england but have not been back since i was nine months old so wow. i would love to go with you <laughs> so what do you remember about england at nine months old um <laughs> i don't remember anything other than what my parents have told me and the flight literally the only thing i remember about england is the flight to the united states because yeah. apparently i did not sleep until we were on the descent of course, naturally. And my mom has never let me live that down. So <laughs> there's there's that. Well, I'm excited to talk all things England and Britain and UK and Scotland and no Ireland. We don't do that. We don't we don't have any Ireland or Northern Ireland here. So mm, no, not this year. This was a fun episode. Yes, it was. It had a very some fun great episode. moments and had some terrible moments. <laughs> it definitely had some like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well. Let's dive into it, because we got a lot to talk about. It's after the elimination, the first lip sync, and Veronica and I feel bamboozled that Joe Black is gone. Like, what? How do we lose Joe Black? Yeah, it's 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 very funny that, like, it seems kind of the curse of Drag Race mm-hmm. that, like, established queens who have, like, reached like legendary iconic name status don't last yeah like when you have charlie hydes coming on your season or kelly mantle or all these named mm-hmm. queens that Naomi banks right Naomi banks like people who like are looked up to and really respected then they come on and 
I thought Joe really represented and did a great job, Mm -hmm. but then they just, for whatever reason, just decided to lay into Joe and actually it was an American laying into a British person for their British references. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. But even Uh, like, even the British judges were not supporting enough. Right. So it was kind of like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, it, it's still very weird, but the girls love Nana Joe, but Bimini is ready to clean for that cleaning stuff, and we're moving on. Lawrence realizes now that anything can happen, and Bimini needs to start wearing underwear. I <laughs> will co-sign that one. She survived the first lip sync and showed off what she can do and what she had for dinner. Haha, <laughs> very funny, very funny. Um, I'm still not on the Bimini train, even through this episode. Like there were moments that, like maybe the Ruskel is the only time I was like, yeah, I'm Team Bimini, but I don't get it. Yeah, I was, I was a little shocked that I wasn't shocked that she was in the bottom from the first episode for mm-hmm. definite sure, but I was a little shocked that they decided to just still keep her around. I thought Joe would stay based on the name and right. like what Joe would bring to Snatch Game or an acting challenge or some right. of the other like things that Joe is known for. So I expected Joe to stay, but when they kept Bimini, I was like, there has to be a specific challenge that they are wanting this queen to stay for. Right. And I can't, I'm like, hmm, what's it going to be? The thing with Drag Race and RuPaul is they want a queen that is moldable, that is someone they can turn into what they want a Drag Race winner to be. Joe Black was not going to be moldable. Like, that, that like that's the thing I'm starting to realize also about Divina De Campo. She's not moldable. She is who she is. If she right. won, you, you are going to take Divina, and that's what you're getting. The Vivian, right. you can play around with and tweak and, and make her the star you want her to be. Um, but yeah, I think that was uh, maybe part of the issue with Joe. Um, that really made me. Hey, maybe Joe went in there um, with a deal with the producers and said, "One episode, I'm in, out, we're done." Right. That's fully possible that joe already has a wow presents plus show in the works that they were kind of just like all right we'll get you out we'll introduce you internationally on this platform and then your show will come along six months eight months later however long so that's entirely possible that they had already worked out some kind of deal because as i believe uh jada sophia said it in all stars somebody has to go home first Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, in this case, it was somebody that we all wanted to stick around and see yeah. what they were going to do. Well, I will say the person I think should have gone home last week I, is the person I think should have gone home this week. And we'll get to her later. Speaking of people <laughs> who have emotions and feel like they deserve things, Estina! Uh, she's happy. She's honored to win. But she really thought she 100% deserved it. And girl, no, no. ASOS. that damn ASOS jacket um somebody a friend of mine referred to it as like um ASOS gate or jacket gate or something like that Mm -hmm. and I was just like that's pretty pretty spot on um that they are not gonna let her live it down because no they're not if you look at her based on the other two that were the top two three what do you mean that they're not looking at her (laughs) no no that they're not gonna let her live it down Oh, right. That. Yeah. No, if you if you take it into consideration what she wore for those two 
runways versus what Lawrence and Ellie wore as the other members of the top three, Mm -hmm. they're not even on remotely the same level. Nope. And like the craftsmanship of what Ellie made, like, and she actually made it herself versus what Astina wore. I thought they were gonna award it to Ellie, to be honest. And it's one of those things where like you can take an ASOS jacket, but like you're going on drag race, elevate it, put some stones on right. it, put do something to it. Because we also learned um, through interviews this week, I watched a couple with Cherry Valentine. That was her backup jacket for her confessional. She was going to wear that, but was told she can't because of Estina. Right. We also learned that she had to loop herself into that jacket for the confessionals because she was squeaky the entire time. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of the top three, Lawrence is thrilled to have been in the top three. And the other girls are just really not here for her comedy. As Ginny says, give her a muzzle. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. And I'm really hoping that both Ginny and Lawrence are still here for the reading challenge. Mm -hmm. Because the two of them will lay into everyone and it will be hysterical. I agree. Their timing and their wit is just it's unparalleled by anyone else in the cast. And I think the two of them will just completely own everyone in the reading challenge, but who knows, there might be a sleeper. Someone like Veronica or Tace may suddenly be like the wittiest queen you've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) This cast really is very fascinating. Well, their discussion turns to the the safe girls. Very strong cast. Yeah. They start to discuss who the tops and bottoms were. Ahura says that everyone but Ginny thought Estina was in the bottom. Why? ASOS discount jacket, which Ahura thinks is disgusting and appalling. Um, and Estina is just really not having it. And once again, goes to saying, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Look at her CV. And I ask, is that her merch yet? Like, I don't know. I actually haven't even looked to see if like anyone's... St- the only one I've seen has any merch is... Veronica, uh, a bunch of them have some version of merch right now there's a whole Ginny lemon line yeah i mean but oh, it's good. it's it's the cv <laughs> thing that i'm like why is this continually the thing that you bring up like i don't care if you have the best resume if you're not good at what you're doing presenting i don't fucking care because clearly joe black has an incredible cv and got eliminated right probably the most established and most built resume of anyone that was on the cast and gone first. Exactly. Tia thinks that Joe being sent home has blown the competition wide open and Jeannie and Tia think Ahura is a little bit of a shit stirrer and you know what? She is. And then Ginny. Ginny decides to wear Bimini's outfit and it's a moment. Um, she popped <laughs> right out. Ew. She did pop out. But get ready. We're going to see more of Ginny Lemon later. Yes, we are. And I can't wait to get to the runway because it's a fun time. I loved it. it. It's true. Well, it's a new day. Estina shows off her Rue Peter badge while Ellie and Sister Sister sport elf ears. There was no discussion of the elf ears. Did no one notice it? I mean... They kept zooming in, well, not zooming in, but they kept like doing cropped close-ups of the two of them with them on, but no one ever, like it just never got addressed. So I'm wondering if that's like 
an editing choice that because of their placement in the episode or what they were gonna be doing for the episode that they just decided to show and they'll discuss it, who knows. So we learned that Joe left Lawrence and press on nails. Ginny asks Lawrence if she left any of her talent because she's gonna need it. Lawrence playfully says that she left Ginny some new material to which Ginny says that they she keeps using hers. Lawrence says that she's not stealing her material because they use the same six jokes from penguin chocolate bars. For those who don't know, penguins <laughs> are milk chocolate covered biscuits filled with chocolate cream. Have you ever had a penguin chocolate bar? No, but they are very similar to, I've, I've looked them up and I've seen them and they're very similar in like the quality or like the consistency of koala yummies. Oh, have you I ever like had those. those? Yes, 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 yes. I love those. They're like, the milk chocolate with the, like inside the cookie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was cool. like, oh, I feel like I would like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this Ginny Lawrence rivalry is very, very interesting to watch. And I'm not sure how it's gonna play out, but they just love like jabbing each other. Yeah, like they it's funny that there's a, a queen on the season named Sister Sister because the two of them are like very sister sister as far yeah. as like the way that they poke at each other. Mm-hmm. And like, it all seems in fun. Like it doesn't seem like it's a hatred or like an animosity or like an right. actual, like, like they're really trying to bring this other person down. Like it's just them reading each other and yep. like being into it. Terry tells Tia that her looks might lend her to the bottom, but she says her three worst looks are out of the way. Ahura tells her that she thought her Alan Turing look was cute. And then Tia in confessional says that a horror makes her nervous and she doesn't know if she's a bitch because she doesn't know what she's thinking either because she's either a bitch or her face just doesn't move. A horror's had a lot of work done. Yes, yes. I I am curious if there's, if it's intentional that they're trying to give a horror the villain edit or if she really is just the villain of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because usually when they give the person a villain edit, they stick around for quite a while. And I don't know if I think Ahura has like the staying power, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Yeah. Rue arrives for RuPaul's Rat Race. And guess what? I love the movie Rat Race. So anyone who has not seen Rat Race, go watch. And if you hate Rat Race, then fuck you. For the mini challenge. Rue gives the girls a big poll. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, she's talking about election polls. A very, very handsome Brit crew member arrives with two polling booths to elect the drag race cabinet. Categories are Secretary of Shade, Trade Minister, Leader of the House of Lording It Up, aka the Cockiest Queen, and Baroness Basic. Wah, wah, wah. Um, this sounds like a fun challenge. I'm here for it. Yeah, I... This is one of the moments when I was watching that I just like, I paused and predicted what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, not a damn one of them was right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's really interesting. So we're, I'm going to go through what I think I know. Uh, so Tia is in the first round and asked before she votes who thought her wigs were thirsty. Uh, everybody, so they all raise their hand. Um, I Everyone think Tia, but Veronica. That, uh, no, Veronica, I thought for a second did. She was very clear. I don't know, maybe not. But I just think that Tia is very quick and has a great personality. She's very self-deprecating, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. 
Tia and Tace vote Ahura as yes, Shady's she's a, queen. She's a good. Ahura mm-hmm, mm-hmm. votes Tace as trade minister as she reveals she already had it. Come on, new plot twist. <laughs> Estina says Tia is a basic baroness. Um, sister, sister calls Veronica secretary of shade. And that is a shock to me because she's been fine thus far. Have we seen Veronica be shady? Not at all, but I don't know if they have any kind of history that sure. they know each other from. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe this is something that will come out later on. Yeah. But for now, she's just been like the quirky fun one in the confessionals. Yeah. Lawrence calls Estina trade. Ellie also finds Estina very tasty. Bimini calls taste trade. Cherry goes with Ellie as Baroness Basic. Veronica votes on her own and calls Estina Basic, but the results are in. Secretary of Shade is Ahura. As Trade Minister Tace is elected, the cockiest queen goes to Lawrence Cheney, and finally, Baroness Basic is Tia Coffey. Who did you predict? I, you said you predicted a few. Who, who were your votes? So I had, based off of the edits of the show and the confessionals popping in, I thought they were going to give the shade uh, shade queen to Lawrence, mm-hmm. trade minister to Estina. Mm-hmm. The lording it up award would go to Ahura mm-hmm. and Baroness Basic would be Bimini. Interesting. Uh, so you basically switched Ahura and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Estina, I understand. Bimini is basic though. That one I'm... Tell me more. So mainly the reason for why I had her as basic was I thought that they were going to look at her landing in the bottom in the first week Mm -hmm. and vote her rather than go after Tia, who's a very, not that Baron or not that Bimini is not a likable queen, but I feel like Tia is a bit more effervescent and a bit more like enjoyable around the workroom. Yeah. So I kind of expected them to go with somebody who'd already landed in the bottom or landed towards the bottom. Yeah, I think they were clearly just basing it on looks and Tia is what we will call very basic. Rue reveals that the Maxi Challenge, they will be singing live in the West End's next smash hit, Rats the Rusical. It's about a group of lovable street rats who sing and dance for no apparent reason at all. Sound familiar? Yeah, um, I think I was in it in college. Oh, yeah? No, I'm kidding. I, I didn't do that. I was <laughs> I was going to be like, I think it's called a chorus line. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I have never done that other show so i have no inside knowledge for that show that's fair well we learned that the wicked witch of the west end michelle visage will be the vocal coach interesting and guess what as baroness basic tia coffee gets to assign all the roles and the girls are gagged loved that so much because i felt like that was a good twist to have or a good thing to do because it put the power in the person that they all basically thought was expendable essentially. And 
when we find out later in the the episode, like how it all plays out and how the show goes down, I think she does a great job casting. Oh, fully. I mean, as she says, she wants it to be good. So, right. Um, she she could easily throw everyone on the bus, but the Rusicals are something that is going to sometimes be on YouTube. This one is not on YouTube, and I think that's a massive travesty. Um, I, it'll probably be up eventually. It eventually, just, but probably I, waited. Yeah, I wanted to watch it again, but I you have to watch the full episode, and I'm not here for that. <laughs> um, so first task, she asks who can sing, um, and the ones who raise their hand. The, 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 they, 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 all, they all say they can sing, but Veronica says that she can't just sing, she can sang. And then we get that shady edit where Veronica does this baritone moment that Lauren says sounds like uh, when the hot water is too hot. Yes. I'm not really yes. sure what Veronica was trying to do there, but it wasn't really helping her case. I feel like it was more of uh, she didn't want to fully showcase what she could do because she sure. didn't want everyone to just kind of be like okay great you can sing so now Tia could have pulled a completely shady thing and given her a role that was like a speaking role right rather than a singing role so she didn't want to showcase too much just sure. in case it ruined her chances of actually getting to do the role she wanted that's fair is Veronica a fan of musicals? And she says, does the Pope shit in the woods? Wait, she mixed metaphors. But yes, yes, she, she does love musicals. I mean, if the Pope goes into the woods, he may shit in the woods. I don't, would they let, him, let the Pope go into the woods? I mean, he'd have like his security detail, but. That, that's, that woods. feels like a reality show, Pope in the woods. <laughs> so the character of Jane is the new girl and Estina wants to play her because she can sing, dance and act the house down. No one else wants it. No one contests her. So she gets the role. I think that was, this was the worst casting, but go off. Sis. Agreed. Agreed. Evita, the show rat, is desired by both Cherry and Veronica. Ahura has seen Cherry perform, and it's a gag. But not to be slighted, Veronica asks if she's seen her perform, and Ahura says no. In a parallel to my beloved Davina DeCampo, Veronica Two has 15 years performing under her belt. Musical theater is what she does for a living, and Cherry says that doesn't mean anything. Veronica starts to list her accolades and whatever, but Estina doing her CV, how dare anyone come for her? The double standards here are crazy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And like the funny thing is, right before this episode aired, a thing popped up on my Instagram of her competing in a different reality show all together now where yes and, the was a judge yes and i was just like okay i know that she can sing yeah. based off of that clip but going into it based off the way that they edited that shady baritone moment mm -hmm. and this convert confrontation we don't get that as the audience like knowing that right. she can sing so right and and for again i mentioned on the podcast last week for those who do know who uh veronica is and knew her performance on all together now she used the song she, that she auditioned with as her entrance line get the party started oh yeah mm -hmm. i didn't even think about that yep <laughs> she's very smart she's really good cherry yeah. knows she can perform a vita but she knows she can do them all 
Tia wants to put her in a different part for her own safety. Cherry doesn't beg for things. So Cherry is going to move to a different part. Um, I have not heard Cherry sing, but I don't think it's at the quality Veronica is. No, I don't think so either. I feel like Veronica is actually one of the strongest drag contestants, like as far as RuPaul's vocal, like any vocals that we've had, like it's on par with like, a Courtney Act, a Adore Delano, like it's up there with them. It's up there with a Rose. And Davina DeCampo. And Don't Davina slight Davina. Well, no, Davina's on a different level. She is. She's amazing. <laughs> um, Lawrence doesn't say much, and it looks like she's just going to shit her pants because we're going to get to her later. But Ginny will be Dame Judy Cinch, and that is what is written on the paper. Is that the name that she's going to say later on? Probably not. Bimini oh. wants to play Depravity and Tia gives Miss Dysentery um, because, to Ahura because she poisons people. Well, snaps for them. Scat Rap and Scabies are the hood rats. Taste would love to do one. Ellie is called Debbie Desperate as she begs for this. And Tia asks Ellie Elizabeth Rhinestone to show her dip. So she does. And Ginny says Medic as Taste has never seen anyone drop on the floor like a sack of spuds. They are not feeling Ellie Diamond in this moment. And I thought it was a satisfactory uh, death drop. I mean, it's not a Shandula or a Laganja no. death drop by any means or anywhere to that level. But she's also like a foot taller than both of Absolutely. those two drag performers. And she's got a little so more like, meat on her bones. Right. You're going to fall a little harder. So... Yeah. I felt like I felt like the moments of them like having to showcase and prove their skill for the roles they wanted, like with Ellie and Veronica, I felt like that was a little overkill. Yeah. If nobody else was fighting for it or asking for it, like why did we have to have Ellie stand up and do this moment? Yeah. Um, for those who like to watch continuity, I know last uh, I, I didn't talk about it on the uh, US podcast. But um, I believe it was Race Chasers pointed out the continuity error with uh, Kamora Hall, where the the editors show her like racing around the workroom before she's supposed to make her entrance for the fashion show, and she's not in her um, lady look; it's her night look. So they made her look really shady with the lips and everything. Continuity here for confessional. Have you noticed that Taste has two different hair colors in her confessionals? One is blonde and one is pink. Yes, I have noticed that. Just and then, saying. isn't there also a on U.S. A Simone moment. also Simone um, is either bald or has hair. That one I noticed this week, and I'm going to talk about that with. Well, right, Tate also has another look where she's wearing a hat, doesn't she? So that like um, they kind of mask the the hair color. Maybe I haven't even noticed that one yet, but it, it's really interesting to see all this. But whatever, COVID, it's a thing, right? Sister Sister is part of the Rat Pack. Cherry is a rat-a-tat-tat rat. Lawrence tries to say how no one makes fun of Ellie's accent, but immediately Tia cuts her off um, her essay and assigns her Rat Pack 3. And Tia is going to play Specimen 1 because it's one of the hardest vocal roles with the least stage time. And she thinks she's the only one who can pull it off. We've seen these one-liner, one-moment queens do very well, so she knows her history. Right, I was like, we've seen... Silky Nutmeg Ganache come out do one Ew. moment as Oprah and win a challenge. So 
she was she was thinking and being yeah. very strategic with it and I felt like the only other person who probably could have done that role would have been Veronica and she didn't want it. Right. Well, it's time for vocal coaching with the one and only Michelle Visage. Well, actually, Michelle is there to direct. It's really with her own vocal coach, Dane Chalfin. What? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) She did not vocal. It was was, uh, whatever. It was very funny the way they said it. And again, we as theater people know the lingo and everything. Most regular people watching Drag Race have no idea why that was really funny and stupid and shady. Right. I also didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that is actually true. Like, she did not give any vocal yeah. pointers whatsoever. Yeah. Although, no, no, she did at she, one she point did a couple times. someone but... could take something higher. Right. But when your personal vocal coach is there also, I don't think you're the vocal coach. True. So the Rat Pack is up first. And, well, they are the bottom of the barrel bunch. Uh, Michelle tells them not to be nervous. And Dane wants to hear more lyric out of them. Michelle, Michelle tells Lawrence is not in full voice, and she notes that he is definitely scared. Ahura and Bimini are next, and Bimini nails it. Ahura is holding back, and she is a street rat. Ahura says that she needs to be in full costume for to live her fantasy, but Michelle calls her out for being in her fancy pants and turtleneck. She's red for filth, and honestly, anyone who says, I need to be in the full fantasy, go fuck yourself. Come on. Yeah, like, there's so many times we've heard, like, on the day, on the show, at, for the show, I'll be great. But like just half-assing it in rehearsal is never going to prove to anyone that you can do what you're saying you can do. Exactly. So I, I apply the full out at all times in rehearsal method. So if I'm doing it full out, I want everyone else to be doing it full out. Exactly. So I kind of, she got knocked down a few points for me with that mm-hmm. little moment. Veronica and Estina are next and one is great and the other is Estina. Michelle asks how high Veronica can go and while she's no soprano, she can hit those notes. She's pretty good up there. Veronica's really getting a good edit this yeah. episode. Yeah, like Jeannie, she's, she's not hitting the, the Davina soprano no. notes. She's not getting Definitely that whistle not, shown. But, oh, no, no. Well, Ginny and Tia are next, and Ginny is just a wild child. Um, Michelle tells Tia to steal the show while she's on stage, and Ginny is just making noises. Yeah. <laughs> Tace says she does not compare herself to Elaine Page or Jane McDonald. Tace is told to enunciate. So basically, she should compare herself to Ariana Grande. Or um, she should take a book from, or take a page, take a book. She should take the whole book from season six and put a cork in it so that yeah. she can strengthen her diction. <laughs> um, her accent is all over the place and she knows she is going to be a subtitle queen and, and they do that funny editing where she's like, I know you're going to put the subtitles in the that they are. Hey, uh, after exiting and entering, because they apparently just, left the stage to reset and then come back on. It's time to meet Jay Ravel and Kieran Daly, Wald, who will be choreographing this year's Rusical. Just the way Jay said it, sounded like they're doing like a school play. Yeah. And to be quite honest, the choreography felt 
very much like they were doing a, a school play. Yeah. Well, Ginny says the boys are making her moist, and I don't like the word moist, but Ginny is allowed to say it. She loves it. She does. Bimini is rough around the edges and wants to get the punk out of Ahura, but she doesn't feel that's her. That's that. Ahura is not punk. She's polished. Tace and Ellie, they're, they're, they do great. They're fine. They're choreo. Nothing to worry about. Veronica makes connection and knows all of her lines already because that's the theater performer in her. She sees herself as the winner of the challenge. She can't mess it up. And usually that's a bad sign when you say that on a reality show. Yep. Normally, if you say that and they keep it in the edit, it's you're not winning the episode. In fact, a lot of times it's a, a bad omen that you're going to oh, be yeah. on the bottom for the episode. So that made me nervous. I love a good editing clip. In. But I was like, you know what? I, I'm still going to. I'm still going to believe in her that she's going to turn it out and do a really great job because I know that she can sing and she's going to do a great job. Absolutely. Tia and her neon yellow outfit limp down the runway while Ginny forgets a few words and is miffing her up. Lawrence has gone back in time in school and she's the slow coach behind everyone. Very interesting analogy there, but I want to take a, a moment because we haven't, I haven't addressed it yet on the podcast. I would like, if we may, to discuss Lawrence's hair. <laughs> I've heard people say it's a wig and it's not a wig. It's a choice. It is a choice. The irony is that it's so dry that it looks like a wig. It's so thirsty. Like it, that's why when people say that they think it's a wig, I could get behind it and yeah. think that. But it would have to be one of those ones that's been advertised, like those new male wigs that you see on Facebook, where yeah. they have the the lace like fade happening. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think, I just don't think it's it's a wig. It no. may be a toupee. Is that the natural like hair thing. color, or is that dyed gray? Like what 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 is this? Oh, what, I, what are you doing here? I fully think it's dyed. Why? Why gray? Because it's because it's edgy. Okay, let's go with that answer. <laughs> okay, now Cherry says that working with sister sister and Lawrence is difficult. Lawrence has two left feet, two left hands, two left ears. He's just left. I like that confessional. That was a that was a good fun that was, moment. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Actually, I always I kind of thought Cherry had a few like funny quips throughout I think... the whole series. I agree. I mean, we'll get to my love for Cherry and how bad she was portrayed, but we're going to back. We're back to um, Wigman. Lawrence starts to break down and gets emotional. He's comforted by Jay and the girls because sisterhood. She's not used to being out of her comfort zone, but sis, you, you signed up for drag race. You know, the kind of challenges you're going to do on drag race. Right. Like, you know, there's always going to be a rusical or mm -hmm. a, a music challenge of some kind. Do you know there's going to be snatch game? You know there's going to be a sewing challenge. Like these are things that you know are going to be there. So it, every single season, there's always someone oh. in every single challenge that's like, I'm out of my comfort, or I I didn't, I'm not prepared for this, or I, I can't do this. And at the, as an audience, you're just like, then why are you not prepared? Like yeah. why did you not? Did you but, not I think mean, you were going to make it that far? Exactly. And and in, in a parallel to my future ex-boyfriend, Joey J, Lawrence says she's gay. She should be able to sing and dance. Yes. I did think that was funny how the two of those kind of 
happened within a week within a week of each other yeah. yeah but i will say this moment last week i'm feeling very much like we're getting a lawrence cheney winner's arc i really think they want I us feel to like... love lawrence cheney yeah they're they're definitely pushing for lawrence to be tor- uh, at least in the top five right like you know who's not they're either this, giving lawrence the jimbo edit or sure. they're giving Lawrence the the Priyanka edit. Right. I feel like they're it's going more one Priyanka. of the two. I think I feel like it's Priyanka, but Tace is just not feeling it. She's like, it's week two, bitch. Come on, get over yourself. It's now elimination day. The girls sing right rat bite fever as they dance into the workroom as they get ready to paint their faces like rats. And I'm gonna say rat is a very loose loose word in this case. I still look like fucking cats. Yes. Well, if you if you think about it and you compare them side by side, yeah. Um, dysentery and oh god, what was Bimini's character's name? Um, oh, it, what is it? It's, it's they it's, look it's, like the actual cats' costumes, right? Oh, the fully they fully do. Um, what is the character's name? Why am I blanking already? Depravity. Depravity, yes. But it's not McCavity. They, they were totally more the Mungo Jerry Rumble teaser. Yes, but they were the unitards. I was Absolutely. like, yeah. We're not even trying. Nope, to not at all. Those. Even even Jane was Victoria. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the white cat. Yep. That's it. Okay, so sister sister, we get a moment with her where she shaves her face with no water or shaving cream. Oh, that hurts Ew. so bad. I, 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 like, I, I can't. And then fast forward about like two minutes later, you see all of the razor burn. Oh, it's so all bad. over everywhere. And I'm just like, oh God, that is so painful. And it's, and it's even more painful for someone who has, um, has eczema. Like mm-hmm. that just like, oh, I was, <laughs> I had like some serious problems. It was, it was yeah. definitely a choice. So Tace and I will go. I'm gonna call her no makeup Ahura because she didn't have those brows on. Uh, they talk about the trade situation, and now we get a glimpse into their past relationship. Ahura voted for Tace, and Tace voted for Ahura. And as she says, vote for what you're used to. Tace says that they just know each other very well, and I say, move over, Brangie. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to have the same effect that that um, relationship had for this season. Like, I don't know that it's going to propel the two of them as far. I don't think so. By having there. What I will say is preseason, when I was doing the preseason podcast and I was looking on the Wikia, um, it was listed on there that Tace and Ahura are or were roommates. I don't know. So very interesting. I'm really excited to learn more about this combo. I don't think I even realized that they were from like the same general area. They're all, they're all, almost all of them are basically Londonites. London, yeah. Way, shape, or form. But we're back to Sister Sister, who says she likes having Cherry there. Cherry says she's from Darlington, but she doesn't live there. She's from a traveling background, as she says, a gypsy traveler. She hasn't talked about it because it makes her feel different. Um, and she just feels like she gets locked away. 
Cherry is scared about revealing how she was brought up. Um, she was told that she will have a find a wife, have some kids, be the man of the family. So ha- when she was having gay feelings, that wasn't the right thing in her mind, but that's just who she was. The women in her family were always camp with big hair and heels, but the men have to be manly men. There's a lot of toxic masculinity in the traveling community. She still says that she feels weird saying she's gay at age 26. She is not fully proud. This was a very interesting backstory. Yeah, it was It was a very different flip side from the cherry that we got in the first episode, mm-hmm. who was very boisterous, very, like, out there, very funny, very, like, just lots and loads and loads of personality. And then we see her retreat. And that, for me, was already a bad sign for how the (laughs) the rusical was going to go. For them to bring in her backstory and have her already doubting herself and doubting her bringing her, her the way she was brought up um already painted like oh this is not going to be a good challenge for her no um and i was like oh no yeah so sister asks if it is okay to use the word gypsy cherry says it's okay and that she's not bothered i know in new york like we've had this issue with the word gypsy when it comes to like gypsy housing and can't use it blah 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 I'm still not sure if we're allowed to use it or not because I was just told that it's okay. Right. I think it's a, I think you're allowed to use it if someone who considers themselves a gypsy is the one telling you that you were allowed to refer to them as that. Mm -hmm. If you are referring to someone who you've had not had that conversation with, then it's derogatory. But if you've cleared it with them, then you're on the same page. You know, it's, it's a, it is a very strange thing. Like it's, it's It's just like like that homosexual slur. Right. Like, and and with um, using the word fishy in regards to drag, as we learned on uh, uh, Dragula. Right. Like, so and want to be every word can have a, to use. a negative connotation yeah. to someone so but at the end of the day cherry is proud of her heritage loves her family but there is a point that in her life she shouldn't have to live her life for other people again as you mentioned why are we getting this edit so early on this this was my moment where i knew she was a goner and i was so upset to realize it right like this is a that's a that's an episode like eight yeah. kind of like you're making it to like the top five, top six moment. And that is a, you throw that story in when you're about to have your like underdog winning moment. Like right. that's not a going into a rusical challenge where you've been given yeah. a, a, a part that you didn't want right. moment. So I was like, Oh no, we're losing one of the like, the funny narrators of the season. I agree. And you know what? I There's only one person to blame. Michelle Visage. But we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> um, it's time for the runway. Rue walks out in a crypt brown fantasy showing off her legs. She loves her legs now. Um, but that face, that was like an old Rue face. I don't like Rue with that lip. That lip was too dark. It was, it was not pretty. Is it the, 
the same makeup team from last year. I haven't even looked to see I if it was the same. I, I'm, I don't know if Raven is a part of it. I believe she is simply because she will be in a later episode. I believe Raven is her personal makeup artist um, when she can. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I honestly couldn't even place what her face was. Yeah, it was it was the dark lip that I was like, that's '90s Rue. We don't we don't really see that kind of Rue anymore. Mm-hmm. But Michelle and her detox pigtails were joined by Chatty Man Alan Carr and West End superstar Sheridan Smith. For those unaware, Sheridan Smith is best known for her stage work as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, revival of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, and many more. She has two Olivia Awards under her belt. Yeah, like she's she's legit. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Who would you compare Sheridan Smith to um, on Broadway? Um, as far as like the accolades and the clout and the the actual like presence, I would say like a Laura Benanti. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I was gonna say like pre-frozen Adina Menzel. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like. Powerhouse vocally, yes, I would mm-hmm. say that. But I feel like acting-wise, I would say more Laura. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a blend of the two. Maybe. We'll, <laughs> we'll, I'll call her up and ask her who she'd rather be compared to. Right. Who would you rather be compared to <laughs> as far as the the Broadway comparison? Are we ready to talk about Rats the Rusical? Oh, I think so. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> We are totally knocking off cats. It's right for parody. This is the right thing to do. A plus. Great job. Smart writing. Estina as Jane Summer stalls in as the rats start to do their spoof of Jellicle song for Jellicle cats. Um, like not even hiding the melody here. Right. Not even even remotely hiding it. Like the lyrics are so ridiculous and accurate to what rats are. Um, have I mentioned that I don't like rodents? No, you haven't mentioned that, I but like, was I don't feel I, like. I hate rodents. I hate, I hate them. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm okay with like mice, like the little like white mice that no, no, no. you can keep as a pet or have in like your classroom as a kid. Like those I was fine with, but like, no, rats, not them, not the thing. I'm going to tell you right now, when they hit that center pose, mimicking cats with the paws, I was like, one, they would still resemble cats. Two, this is camp and I'm here for it. It was so fucking funny. Yeah. Which yeah, it was it was a very it was a very smart um use of the opening. Yeah. Um one of my favorite lines very well done. One of my favorite lyrics staging and direction. Absolutely. The lyric that stands out for me, CGI is a mess and we have human hands. T mama. Yes. That's true. So first, I need to say, I have seen the movie Cats. Have you seen the movie Cats? I have not. Why not? Um, because I'm not a fan of the actual Broadway show Cats. So I didn't feel like my first real introduction of seeing it and do it, like really like diving into it was the movie. Um, May I suggest something? Oh, God. Okay. You should watch it the way I watched it in theaters. 
get high. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I took an edible. But then you're still gonna see like James Corden's face on that cat or it doesn't matter. You're high and that's the experience. <laughs> um yeah. Oh my god, that movie. First, we get Scabies and Scat Rat, and they are the hood rats who only care about RuPaul's rat race. Um, Tace and Ellie were fine. They had a lot of punny Ru material to work off of, like, Ratagory is, bring it to the subway. Ellie, yes. for me... Um, um, yeah, go for it. So, in other seasons past, they... I know that they get to do the performance part of the challenge more than once. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was an interesting choice to keep the take, unless they missed it every single time, where the very first line of their song, they miss. So I thought it was an interesting choice to do that unless one or both of them was landing in the bottom. Yeah. That being said. Um, Ellie definitely lost some cheap gold jewelry as she was dancing around. You saw that flying through the air. Yes, we did see that flying. <laughs> but they were both very breathy vocally um, because the, the choreo was so intense for them. Well, in their defense, they did have the most yeah. intricate choreography to do. In fact, they had the most dance to do in general. Yeah. So I could understand if they are actually having to do it live rather than record a live vocal and lip sync to their own vocal, sure. which a lot of the other musical challenges do, um, then it makes sense for them because they haven't been conditioned to be right. doing this for, they have worked on it for a couple of days before they're having to do it. So you're not going to build up the stamina to dance that and try to be full out and sing it nope. at the same time. So I believe that didn't bother me. The, the breathiness didn't bother me. That's it fair. was more the them deciding that they needed to keep in the mistakes in the, the edit. We get the rap pack next and I'm going to say it right now. Cherry was the best of the three. How dare we get the results that we'll ultimately get? Um, so when we talk about the Rusical, my predictions for who I thought were going to be in the top and the bottom, I did not have Lawrence or Cherry in the bottom. I, had I did sister, have sister, sister, sister. Yeah. I had sister, sister in the bottom because she was forgettable. Even though the two of them were not strong performers as far as like they were second guessing themselves or they were looking around the way that it was edited it looked like cherry was looking around as an acting choice and lawrence was trying to like doing campy fun mm -hmm. so sister sister just kind of faded and i didn't even remember what she did remember so remember when i remember when as, i said um the person who should have been home sent last sent home last week is the same person who should have been home sent home this week Yes. Sister, sister. Yeah. I just don't get it. I'm not, I'm, I don't know what I'm missing, but it's not, I'm not feeling her. Anyway, we get an Andrew Lloyd Webber reference as he would never green light this mess, but hey, he, he's got enough messes of his own. I'm sure he wouldn't green light this. True story. No, he's got to spend all of his, his money keeping Phantom going mm -hmm. on Broadway. That's true. 
so a couple questions here. Why does Lawrence have a fork? No idea. Cherry and the long tail. Why was that a disadvantage? I don't know. What for one lyrical line? Come on, that wasn't fair. Also, her face was fine. Yeah, like I really legitimately thought of the three, she was the strongest. I agree. Because she was making acting choices, mm-hmm. but in the in the eyes of the judges, it looked scared. It looked scared. Well, that was she yeah, was no, talking I, about being a medical experiment that had gone wrong and given her an extra long mm-hmm. tail. Like that's supposed to be something you're excited about. Like you're right. supposed to be like, I thought she was acting. That's yeah. all. No, I agree. I mean, I, th- I do do agree that she had the strongest acting choices. Lawrence had the accent and sister sister was just there. If you possibly, let, let's say you switch them around, would the same result have happened? I don't know. I feel like they yeah. had their mindset up. Yeah. I feel like, going into this challenge they already had the judges already had their eye on who they thought was going to be the bottom yeah based on what michelle had already relayed to them from the rehearsal right and but then again we didn't see cherry do poorly in the rehearsal completely blow their socks off yeah right we only saw lawrence cry and get upset and we didn't see, and we saw Cherry like do the the Emma Stone, Amanda Bynes, ECA head tap. Like, yeah. it's okay. You're good. You're fine. Yeah. Like, we didn't see, we didn't see any like weakness. No, the only reason we're even thinking that she could possibly be in the bottom is because of what we mentioned prior with the backstory being brought right. in. So, yeah, no, it's true. Well, next up, it's depravity and diphtheria. Oops, it's dysentery, and Ginny just got her line wrong. That was hysterical, actually, because I just, th- I actually thought that was a better name, but because <laughs> I was Dumb. like, diphtheria is such a random, random disease, it's, it's but so, I think it's yeah. so funny. But Bimini um, and Ahura pay homage to Phantom with the masks, and they also are clearly, as we said before, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. In my opinion, theirs was the strongest scene. Yeah. The two of them together were the best pair. Yes. Um, Not necessarily the best performance, but the two of them were the most balanced together. Yeah. Bimini went in. She was excellent. Ahura couldn't match her energy, but she was serviceable. It was just the high pitch, which was maybe not the right choice for her. Well, I was actually more surprised that she stuck with that choice and did the choice like based off of what she did in the rehearsal and what she was talking about from like I didn't expect her to lean into the character as much as she did so I actually had her as one of my top three I had Bimini, Ahura and who is in the next scene in our top three we have Veronica as Evita and she did the Evita Evita hands Um, and if you told me this was Courtney Act I would have believed you absolutely the voice, the mannerisms, mm-hmm. the everything that she was doing was so reminiscent of Courtney in the Rusical Challenge from season six that I was yeah. just like, if you closed your eyes and someone had said, Courtney acts appearing on a very special Drag Race UK episode mm-hmm. for the Rusical, I would have fully bought yeah. it. 
I, I think Veronica gave an excellent performance. She was sexy. She was funny. She was camp. She really is a strong performer. Yeah. And I, I loved that counterbalance of how strong she was and what a shit show Estina was mm-hmm. because it, because of that, it elevated and propelled Veronica's performance to even higher heights because it made it her stand out even more so by Absolutely. how good she was. Yep. Dame Duty Stench is not Ginny's character's name, but hey, we'll go with it because that's what came out of her mouth. <laughs> She's ridiculous. Um, Specimen One has some memory problems, but Tia gets her J-HUD moment and gives a very strong performance. We love a lab rat. Um, she nails all of her visual gags, then death drops to blam. I thought, like I mentioned before, with with Tia getting to assign the roles and do the casting of it, I thought she did an excellent job. Um, yeah. That being said, I would have kind of liked for her to be a little bit more bitchy and yeah. shady and have given some of the queens who ended up being safe roles that would have been harder for them. Mm-hmm. Like I thought when she said, everybody tell me what you want so I can throw it out the window and do what I want. When she said that, when she was yeah. going into casting it, I kind of wanted her to do it just to I, see how people would shake up. But I think she knew she would have more credibility if this turned out as well as it did. And because I'm going to pose it now. Overall, I thought this was a brilliant musical, and I think it's the best one they've ever had. And I think it's because of the casting. Yeah. There have been other really strong cast musicals mm-hmm. on like some of the US seasons, but it is definitely like up there, top, yeah. like top three. Yeah. By so- far. RuPaul makes a vocal cameo to announce the winner of RuPaul's rat race. And one by one, we see the rats die from rat poison. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yeah, it was, you know what? It was fun. I, I thought this was a really cute um, send off of cats. Um, I love when musical theater is in drag and we don't really get that on drag race. So it was a really cool moment. Yeah, like there's the occasional like homage and like the nod to various shows, but it's it's usually more Hollywood than Broadway. This was so right. This one was so specific that we were getting a West End knockoff version of Cats But Rats. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Well, it's time for the runway. Category is surprise, surprise. And in honor of this runway, we are going to play surprised or predictable. Oh, okay. Now I've got to remember what everybody actually did. Okay. All right. Ahura. Because I just wrote down who my favorites were. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, I'll, we'll walk through it. Okay. Ahura, created by Ahura and Mama Ward, which I believe is her mother. Hair by Sarah Nishia. I think the look starts off fine. It's a tuxedo. Then bam, she's a bride. Um, I think it's a smart combo. It's a good reveal. I just don't love that she had a second look that included black shoes. I didn't even think about the shoes or look at the shoes. I didn't give a fuck about the shoes. I didn't, I kind of hated the wig. 
Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a stunner. I am a big fan of it. I just, I didn't think when the reveal happened, I wanted like something, like I wanted something different from that. Like when the hat came off and the hair was the exact same shape shape as the hat, I wanted something that was either going to fall out and become huge Mm -hmm. or was going to like, or something was going to attach and like be drop down earrings or something that like tied in and made it more bride rather than bride of Frankenstein. That's why I didn't love Mm -hmm. the wig. I did like the concept. I did. I thought she was one of my top three for the Rusical. So I thought this was going to put her in the top three because I thought it was a solid thing, but it did not. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna say I will give it a surprise where are you gonna go are you gonna go surprised or predictable um it was a surprise or a predictable I'm gonna go predictable only because the wig stayed the same shape that's fair the audience was 61% surprised 39% predictable next we have Lawrence Cheney wig by Lawrence Cheney Jewels by Sequin Showstoppers. Reveal gown by Get Frocked. She's giving us a taste of Scotland, which apparently means no taste. The blue in the white jumpsuit is mediocre. The fucking tartan bow in the hair ruined it all because you knew what was coming. It was not the most seamless reveal. Like, I get the comedy gag by it, but, like, the dress just does not fit well. I was just so disappointed here. Yeah, this was a moment where I was like, okay, I definitely feel like Lawrence is going to be in the bottom Mm -hmm. because we've already seen the edit of her second guessing herself for the challenge and that she's out of her comfort zone. So we're going to get that moment where she gets to say that to Rue in the final because this look is not, I didn't think coming after Ahura, I didn't think it was on the same level. No, not at all. Um, as far as execution, as far as the general look, because like it just didn't fit her well. Not at all. And we've seen that she knows how to dress her body. Like we've mm-hmm. seen that cat suit from the episode before yep. and how well that fit and how well that was like beautifully done on her. So I just didn't, I wasn't a yeah, fan. Just had no and shape. because of literally because of that bow, we knew she was going to give us something plaid. Yep. I hated the fact that she kept it pants underneath. Like I thought the whole thing should have just torn away. If you were Mm going to do the plaid, like it just, I didn't, Yeah, I wasn't a fan. This would have been a a total like boot for me. Yeah. Michelle said that they they had trouble with performance, but she didn't need to be worried. Alan said that he saw the tartan reveal coming, but watching some of the other reveals, it was like watching Cirque du Soleil. Um, I'm definitely giving this a predictable. Oh, Agree. Audience was 56% surprised, 44% predictable. Next we have Ginny Lemon, look by Laura Lejeune, croc earrings by Secondhand Rose. Okay, it's classic, it's very tea lady. Oh, and she's wearing platform crocs. Wow. The reveal, it's the same dress. But wait, wait, wait. She's showing ass, and it's not a pretty ass whatsoever. I, this was one of my favorites of the night. Yeah. Because I loved the comedy aspect of 
I'm going to reveal the exact same dress mm -hmm. because I love it when it's a choice and it's done for yeah. well. It's like, like pussycat it's wig into dress, pussycat wig. But it's slightly different because yeah. we have this peekaboo moment in the back. And she's someone who isn't afraid to show her ass. Like she doesn't Not care. At all. So I celebrated it. I loved it. Did I think it was enough that it was going to put her into the top from Not the musical and that? No, but I still thought it was one of my favorite moments of the night. It's really funny that like when it comes to butts on Drag Race, like we celebrate how beautiful of an ass uh, Detox has. And then we have Ginny Lemon who does the same like gag and it's a comedy moment, but we're still celebrating it, which I think is something that we don't do in the gay community. So I think maybe we should take this as a learning moment and say all bodies are great. Well, as someone who works in burlesque, I feel like it's a body positive art form and yeah. there's room for everyone. So there's room for all asses. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely giving this a surprise. This was great. Yeah, I loved this one. Audience was 75% surprised, 25% predictable. Next, we have Cherry Valentine. Look by Cherry Valentine. You so know it's a reveal. It's very campy. The reveal is a very simple spin reveal. We've seen many a drag queen do that. It's a gender reveal and it's storytelling as we don't need to reveal the genders in this day and age because, you know, straight people's making things blow up and you'd be on fire. Done. I think the reveal look was incredibly basic, but it was not bad. The heels with the matching yellow and polka dot bow really tied it all together. The thing that bothered me was the hair. It was meh. It was not the star of this look. Was it bad? No. What I think would have added and would have really solidified her not going home and would have been the surprise that they would have gone apeshit over is if the baby that was underneath, if her pregnancy belly had been a balloon that would have popped and been a gender reveal. Like if it would have just rained out like a trans rainbow or mm -hmm. something that would have been something they didn't see coming. Because the big critique that they gave her was that when she came out, they knew she was gonna be pregnant underneath. Like it was gonna be a thing. <sighs> The double standards of judging on these fucking shows is ridiculous because you want to talk about predictable fucking Ellie Diamond. You knew what right. we're going to get. So I think this was right. just so unfair. I think this was a safe look. Her performance was safe. Put her in, putting her in the bottom was just blasphemy. But Michelle said um, they had an issue in rats that her face showed her sweating and scrambling. Alan knew the surprise was going to what the, the surprise was going to be on the runway, but it was cute. And Sheridan said that she didn't know the surprise was was coming and had a matching baby. She loved it. And then we get the moment with Cherry, and this could have also helped solidify her bottom placement. Cherry says that she is her own worst enemy, and Rue says the world is watching and she has to be special all the time. AKA Rue Paul is over Cherry Valentine and did not need to see anything else from her. What when Rue speaks, that is important. You take that in, and this sucked. I don't know what Rue wanted from her, but she was done. It was already over, decided. Yeah, I was very upset. Because you could have put her against one of the failed balloon pops by Bimini, and she still would have gone home. Rue, Rue made it yeah. up. At the end of the day, I'm going to give the surprise. I still enjoyed this. Yeah, I... 
I am going to go with surprise as well, like as if we're doing like Tudor boot, because yeah. I was obsessed with that massive bow mm-hmm. that she had on. Yeah, I loved the, the yellow and black storyline. I loved all of it because it was very nondescript gender reveal. Like yeah. it was, we don't know what it's going to be. So we're just going to be yellow. Yeah. And I loved that. The audience was 67% surprised, 33% predictable. Oh boy, next up, Tia Coffee. Uh, look by White Star Clothing. Okay, she's going camp. This is a very bizarre top with the muscle shirt and the built-in collar. We obviously knew something was coming down. The hair doesn't make any sense for this look, but when this first look, but when she pulls down the collar, it works fine. It's the dress. It's the dress. The dress was so basic and simple. Girl, put a fucking stone on it. Um, I hated everything about this look. <laughs> I was so sad because I thought she was going to get a redemption moment from the last runway and everybody calling her, her wigs basic and her like, and her wigs thirsty and everything. Like I just hated everything about this look because a, yeah, like you said, the wig did not go with the first look at all. And then the reveal, it's not impressive if when you're doing a reveal, it just becomes a flatter garment than what you yeah. already had on. It just takes away all of the surprise element and all of the like, all of the spectacle involved yeah. for it to become something that easily you could see underneath that outfit. Right. I mean, um, and so. we, we talked about it on the preview podcast because I love to do my research, find out things I don't know. As I mentioned on this preview podcast, Tia Coffee started drag on the same day, on the same night with something Wong. It makes sense. They are very aesthetically similar, basic drag queens. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. This is what you're going to see when you see them on performing. And that's fine for a bar show, not for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, it was a... It was funny because like when it first fell down, I kind of expected what she was going for was the dancing emoji lady. And the first look had to be an emoji. Right. But it was like, it wasn't that because if she was going for that, she would have hit a pose that was reminiscent of that or whatever. No, she was like, I'm just going for it, you know. I mean, if you look at her uh, Instagram, she did realize that's what she she would have done uh, because the photo she took is the dancing emoji. Right. But then she would have needed a bigger wig or something with more volume or the dress needed to be bigger. Like it just. It's really, it's, I will say this right now. It's very interesting when you can, who is allowed to wear a flat wig? Tea coffee can, can't get away with it. Taste totally fine. We're totally fine with her wearing a flat wig. It's really interesting because flat wigs in campiness doesn't work. Flat wigs for fashion works. Well, yeah, they're also two very different aesthetics as far yeah. as like the quality of the wig itself. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Tase's wig, you can tell, is very expensive, very well-maintained, and like there has been effort put into it. When Michelle read Tia for she wore a shake and go wig that I'm not even sure she shook, like that was legit. Like yeah. it looked like it just came out of a bag. And Michelle thought popped it on her head. Yeah. 
Well, Michelle thought her performance was fine. She loved the leather daddy, but didn't like the dress and thought that she went to Angel's. Angel's, for those who don't know, is basically a costume shop. Alan wished the elements of the performance uh, matched the outfit. Sheridan thought she was quirky in camp, to which Alan says that she can like it, but she does, they don't have to be friends. And that's funny. They're a cute little pair. Predictable. There's nothing else to say. This was bad. Yeah, it was, it was a very predictable moment. And it made me very sad because I thought had she had a stronger runway, she could have been in the top. I don't no. think she would have won no. by any means, but I think like it was, it was a moment that I was like, oh, sh- well, at least she's not going to be in the bottom because she didn't yeah. do the worst. The audience was 33% surprised, 67% predictable. Next we have Ellie Diamond. Look by Ellie Diamond. Um, I know that she was not thrilled with this look because if you go to her Instagram, she's already had three different versions of this look on there but rue loves the wizard of oz so play into it i guess um we start off the scarecrow then we go into the tin man then we go to the cowardly lion it's fucking safe um i how it's revealed it's it's basic um if we're supposed to be surprised i was not surprised like i think the brown hair worked for all of it but that's where the surprise could have come in like you you, wig to a wig to the wig and like it's just, I wasn't impressed. I've, I know Ellie can do better. It was, I thought the construction of the items was very well done um, as far as like the layering of mm-hmm. the three reveals. Sure. Plus you've got to give her props for the fact that she did do three mm-hmm. separate outfits for this challenge rather than what some of them did with just one or two that tore away or whatever. Um, that being said, I did think it was one of the better looks of the night because it was the most cohesive as far as like a story and the execution of the reveals themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Because take her and take Lawrence, Lawrence took forever to take the shoulder off of that dress and drop it down. Whereas she knew exactly where everything was because she constructed it and knew how to take it down and, do all mm-hmm. of the reveals for it. So I thought it was a stronger showing of the night mm-hmm. for her. Michelle said that she was hesitating in performance, but she was solid. Alan said this look, the looks kept on coming and it was absolutely brilliant. I didn't see it. I'm calling it predictable. Even though I knew the story was going to be what it was, I still was surprised at the way that the things were built into it. So I'm going to go with surprised. The audience was on your side, 61% surprised, 39% predictable. Stina Mandela, no designers listed. The final look is sexy. She has an incredibly sexy body. Um, Use it. But we've seen Mortal Kombat before, and this does nothing to reinvent the look. The mask uh, to creepy teeth has been done before. I've seen Chantel Sparkles do it 10 times better. It wasn't applied well. And the wig was definitely something you get from a bag. She took a coat off, and this is what you got? No. Yeah. I honestly thought Estina was going to be in the bottom three. I thought that she was going to be lip syncing. Honestly, I did not think her performance in Rats was very strong. Nope. Because for someone who can sing, dance, act, blah, 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 like she was promoting her accolades in her confessional, she had no timing whatsoever and could not, like everything that she said was like, 
a high school play that she was just mm-hmm. like screaming out into the void. Yeah. Like there was nothing behind anything that she was saying. And so I was just like, okay, well, I definitely feel like she's in the bottom three. Yeah. This was a m- complete miss for me. And again, like just coming off of um, Drag Race Holland and you had Abby, oh my God, doing this with um, her brother, like that was memorable. This you're going to forget in a week. Yeah. Like, well, that's also the difference in the quality of what they had um, mm-hmm. because theirs was a more of a metallic LeMay version right. of it rather than just this matte pink thing that she pulled out of whatever costume shop that yeah. she bought it from. Um, I really don't so know what they were, the what Rue was thinking here for putting her safe, but I thought, thought this, this falls very much into predictable, not good. Yeah, it was very, like we knew when she came out with the mask that that was going to be the, yeah. the surprise element of it. And it was, like you said, it wasn't executed well. Mm-hmm. And it just, it felt very much like she tried prosthetics for the first time Yes. And didn't know how to apply them. So she just slapped it on and covered it with a mask because she was like, well, I've got to cover this now since it's not working out. The audience, I guess they just love a hot body. They were 66% surprised, 34% predictable. All right, let's do this. Uh, Sister, sister, no designers listed. This look is based on Magic of Suburbia. I think the first look is one ugly pattern. The hair is thirsty as fuck. Her makeup is pretty weak. Think sister sister thrives when she can do something kooky. Glam is not her thing. Then we have this reveal into this tatted out dominatrix. It's fine. The dangling straps in the bottom really ruined the look. I don't know why she either couldn't finish it or what. I, like the harness just didn't fit. And then the skinhead. I don't know how that fit the narrative. Like I just did not get this whatsoever. Yeah, I, like you said, I'm just not, I don't get what the appeal is or what her overall general like, like why Rue is keeping her around or why she's keeping her safe because there's not been a single thing that she's done so far in the competition that I feel is very memorable at all. Yeah, this was, this was a definite miss for me. I, I, no, I'm predictable. I don't even have anything else to say. Yeah, predictable. Audience, 33% surprise, 67% predictable. All right. Veronica Green, look by Moira Stansfield, hair by wigs by Vanity. I love this concept so much. I wish the initial look was not as giant as it was because you knew something was coming, but what was coming was not what was I what was expected. I love Stepford Wives realness. I know you have been a part of a Stepford Wives number before. Um, didn't really love how she got out of the dress, but I think it worked for this narrative and the gold robot look is incredible. This is not what you think of Veronica Green and this is what she gave you, A plus. I was blown away, A, like with my only introduction really to Veronica being what she's done in week one and that clip of her singing prior to this, like I had no concept or any general idea of what she was going to be able to bring to this season and already she has exceeded any kind of expectations that any of the queens could have possibly had for this season like just this look is so amazing that 
she could have come out and only the robot and they would have been like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Like it, but then all of the dramatics and the, the spectacle of how she got into that. So well done. Yeah. This it is a, it was a brilliant runway. It's going to be one to remember. Of the night. Like, yeah. Michelle called her performance yeah, perfect and be, vocally. It's, it's so well done. I hate the internet. I was just going to say that it's so well done that it was like, it's one of those things that could possibly be what a challenge, that reveal type yep. challenge. Yep. Um, yeah, so Michelle thought her performance was perfect. Sheridan called her a pure triple threat. Alan was aroused and sickened by her pasties. And Rue says that she is someone in it to really compete. And that's important because Rue has an eye on her. Um, absolute surprise. Yeah. A plus. I, a moment like that and keeping it in the edit, in the past, usually predicts that that queen will make it top six or better. Because if there's somebody that has already gotten your attention and someone who they thought could make it all the way, Valentina, will get a top six edit at yeah. least. And I would love that for her. I think she's a very strong, well-rounded queen. Plus she's also very, just she's very likable in the way that they've made her edit. So I would love for her to make it that far. Yeah, yeah absolute surprise, A plus for me. Yes, agree. Audience, 90% surprise, 10% predictable. Next, we have Tace, catsuit by Colin Horgan and Bang London, hair by Ali Perzada. She loves red. I thought the face was exceptional. But basically, she took off a red cape to reveal a red jumpsuit and was boring. The blood was a surprise, I suppose. In a world of concept, this was not it. No, I was... As I think somebody, I don't remember who said it in the, in the workroom, but they were like, for taste being a fashion queen, this was not a very strong fashion choice. Nope. And I had written down like just the stuff that taste wears in the workroom on a day-to-day -day basis is already stronger than what she wore for this yeah. runway. Um, so I was disappointed, but it went along with the edit for her trajectory of landing in the bottom three. Yeah. Michelle says that there was a moment that, that there were moments that came through and others that didn't, but what bothered her in the runway was being able to see the corset through the nude illusion panel and wish she glued a piece of fabric to tie it in. Rue then chimes in and says, you can get that cat suit at a store and she wants to see things that are special and unique. That's not a good sign when Rue says that. But on top of that, uh, back to the double standard, that we've already seen. We've already seen a Stino win the week before and something that everyone else in the cast knows is right. a Asos jacket. Exactly. So that kind of, that sat with me in a really unpleasant way because I was just like, if you're gonna read her for that, you have to read everyone for that. Absolutely. And I hate a double standard moment. Yeah. Alan wanted a bigger surprise in the runway and thought the surprise was gum disease. Very funny, we love Alan Carr. And Sheridan wants her hair and thinks she's gorgeous. Um, 
I, I, I love taste. I think taste will be in the finals, but this is going to be one of those moments where this is the weak, weakest moment of taste. Absolute predictable for me. Yeah, I think this is a moment that's very reminiscent of a Raven season two moment mm-hmm. where it was put at her to light a fire, fire under her ass to show that she is a strong contender. Yeah. Audience was 29% predictable, 71% surprised. And yeah, not not good. I think the audience was just like, I love taste. We're going to give her a, a, a two. Nope, nope. Right. I was like, was the part that they were surprised about was that it stayed red, that the whole thing was red? Like, what was the I surprise? think it was the face. The, it was like, because it was the face. The face was stunning, but that's not, that's not yeah. the challenge. All right, finally, Bimini Bamboulash, Canvas Corset by Misty Couture, Hair by House of Pelsia, Palika, I don't know, one of those things. So she wore a boring canvas corset. It is inspired by Alexander McQueen's robotic paint runway. The hair is completely unique and structured in a fun way. She tries to pop the balloons to reveal the trans flag color of blue, white, and pink, but like Asia O'Hara, the gag was the gag failing. I thought something was coming out of the hair, but nope, it's just crazy hair that looked like a peanut. Uh, this was a bad, this sucks for her. It, it was a bad execution, but I, I wanted after her performance, she was one of my strongest three of the night as far mm-hmm. as like the rusical was concerned. So I wanted her to have a redemption moment after having to lip sync the week before. And I was like cringing. It was just like you said, it was the Asia O'Hara moment of watching nothing happen. Yeah, now- And just being like- I I, I did read somewhere that it's very possible that whatever paint she was using did potentially dry up over the course of time on the runway being as long as it is for filming. It's not an excuse. Like if you know that there's potential for it to fail, just don't do it. The risk is- See, I would have thought the stronger idea would have to do instead of a paint would have been to do like a powder or something yeah. that is going to spray a little exactly. easier. But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, um, predictable for me. No, no, no go for here. Yeah, it was it was in the predictable realm because you knew there was something in the balloons and she was going to pop them. Right. But then when there's nothing that actually happened from that, that was like, oh. Yeah. Audience was 40% surprised, 60% predictable. Well, speaking of surprises, Rue has decided to save Ahura. Jenny Lemon, Estina Mandela, Sister Sister, Bimini, Leaving Lawrence Cheney, Cherry Valentine, Tia Coffey, Ellie Diamond, Veronica Green, and Taste as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? I think no. Sister Sister should have been in the bottom. And Estina is very lucky that runway was a miss. Um, I personally thought Cherry was the best of her trio. Should not have been in the bottom. Put her safe, fine. But I don't understand what happened here. I personally would have swapped Sister Sister and Estina with Lawrence and Cherry. Yeah, uh, I sure I would go with that one. Um, I I would possibly like, honestly I would even keep um, Lawrence in the bottom. I would have swapped out Tace. I because I, I personally put, did not like the fashion of Estina's, and she didn't. Her reveal was no reveal. It was literally taking a cape right. off, and I thought that was worse than Tace personally. I feel like because of the because of the performance and because of the overall aesthetic just being the same flat one note 
from Tace, I feel like that's why they yeah. kept her there over Estina. Not that it was just between the two of them. Um, but I did think prior to them announcing, I had it written down, Estina, Sister, Sister, Tace, bottom three, with Sister, Sister, and Tace being the bottom two having to lip sync. Yeah, I would have been fine um, with that. And then when they said Estina and Sister, Sister, safe, I was like, well, then who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Who the peep? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Untucked Jr. a little bit. Estina takes her prosthetic off. Bimini is happy to be safe, but she said that her reveal was shite. Ginny says that drag race is a lot harder than she thought it was going to be. No shit, Sherlock. Uh, Lawrence then comes in and says that she that, that they enjoyed the reveal, but the personality was there, but she was just holding back. Sister Sister said it was tricky trying to work with Lawrence. Lawrence is miffed because she was such a detriment, but why is she safe then? The two of them start getting into it a little bit. Sister says that she had a wallop, but Lawrence said she didn't need to cry into her ass into her asshole and tell her that she was upset. Sister says that she was saying, is there any way to move forward and get through it? Lawrence calls her an asshole who doesn't like seeing her upset. This, I think, is not going to be the last of this battle between Sister Sister and Lawrence, because when someone does not accept your emotions, you don't you, you immediately go that that person is a villain to you. So I don't think this is the last of these two. Right. Um, we already know, based off of the first two episodes, Lawrence is sticking around for quite yes. a while. Um, they're a strong competitor. They're also just a very well-polished drag queen. And I think Sister Sister is trying to play the long game mm -hmm. for what's gonna keep her around. So she knows there's been 13 US seasons and two UK seasons now. And like, she knows when somebody is, has already been pointed out and picked by Rue, that if you latch onto them and are their antagonist, you will stay yep. for a while. So I feel like the reason she was safe over Lawrence was they're trying to flesh out this riff between them yep. a bit more and hoping to get like a Sharon Fifi moment out of it. Right. Tace is nervous as she was tongue tied and tells them that they wanted more. Tia says, where is the surprise? Like, where are the jokes? The blood capsule was also red. Cherry notes that everyone is asking how Lawrence and Tace are and no one is even looking at her. I'm going to say it's because I think they all thought she was safe. Agreed. Why would they worry about they, you? Because you're fine, babe. Right. Like, the fact that they've kept in, in the edit, Tia saying, I gave her this role because I wanted to throw her a bone. I wanted to help protect her, like, kind of moment. And then it wasn't enough to make her safe. I thought that again, there were so many moments that were just leading to, as a fan of reality competitions, knowing that this person was getting eliminated. And I was so livid over it. I mean, Cherry says that she's down and that it was so hard. She feels like she's she was in the bottom and was focused on getting on her lines that she messed up. And I think this was like one of those psychological warfare moments where she knows she did good, but the judges tell, told her she, was, she didn't. So that's what she has to believe. Right, yeah. 
absolutely. Like, like you said, it's a very psychological game where they love an ASOS jacket, but everyone else knows what it is. Right. And they're now being led to believe, oh, I have to like this because they like this. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's Ellie had a problem with her look. She liked the concept, but thought the wig was a bus driver wig. Put a lace front on. Yeah, the wig was a problem, but it was not a bottom problem, personally. Then Veronica says that the whole under the radar thing is her entire existence, but all the girls say that they're all seeing something they haven't seen before from her. And Tia. Tia says that they liked her performance, but they didn't like her wigs and wig and thought her outfit was basic. So she says that they were all right. At least Tia can joke about it. Right. Yeah. Tia then I says Tia was definitely not the bottom. Mm-hmm. But I was like, she's in that weird, like, I felt like she was in the safe group, but they wanted to give her critiques. Yeah. To light a fire under her. Yeah. So they just said, you're in this group. Yeah. Tia says she will be sending her designer a refund because she had her look made. Very funny. Very great personality. And that is what will keep Tia through this competition. Not her looks. Personality. Right. Okay. Rue reveals that Tia is safe. She tells Veronica that she is the winner of the week and gets a Rue Peter badge. The girls give a big applause for her because she was the right pick. And like, that was probably the biggest applause we've seen from the back row in a very, very long time. No question. There was no, there was no contesting to that. No. Ellie Diamond and her, uh, she brings her reveals on the runway with her, which I thought was very interesting. She's safe. Lawrence Cheney is safe. That means Cherry Valentine and Tace are the bottom two. And I'm not feeling good. This does not leave a good taste in my mouth. No, like even before they even started the song, I was like, I don't necessarily think, unless it is a campy comedy song, Cherry has a chance. Yeah. So what surprise does Rue have and the show have for them? The perfect lip sync song to keep this episode tied together. It's Memory from Cats. But did you notice the little Krylon thing you said, Memories, by Elaine Page? That is not right. That is not the title of the fucking song. It's Memory, not Memories. I was livid. I was like, someone better fucking get fired for that mistake. Right. I was like, the person who did the titles for this episode. No. No, no, no. That being said, what a hard song, but come on, Ballad. Oh, okay. I had a lot of mixed feelings to start with. Okay. When it when it started, because I was like, "This is a choice to give them a ballad at this point." Yeah. Because we're two episodes in, and you usually don't get a ballad in a lip sync on RuPaul's Drag Race until you're at the top like six. Yeah. Or top seven. And so I was like, to do one this early, like you are testing whoever you're wanting to keep. Mm -hmm. Like you are testing them to see what they can do. I mean, Tace has face and that's what sold the number for her. Cherry went more on an acting journey again, but it wasn't a match for Tace. It, it, It is nice to see two strong performers do no tricks and just park and bark. 
because that's yeah. true entertainment. If you can't do that, you're not going to be a great entertainer. But on a flip to that, that's what I wanted US to do this week. Yeah. I was like, you give them a competition. The runway is, sorry, bleeding into the other show, but you give them a competition that's trains and give them a dance number. Like, Mora was stuck. Like, you're just, that's unfair. Like, you yeah. have to assume that everyone is going to build a tearaway train. Right. Well, if they don't, then they're fucked. Yep. Sorry, Stupid. back to UK. Okay, well, you knew Tace would win when they only showed her in that big music moment. I don't know if Cherry just didn't do anything there or if the show was purposely telling us, don't look at Cherry because she did something great. We just don't want you to know why we got rid of her. But if you don't see the queen in the big moment, you know the answer and the outcome. I did not understand why they didn't do the double screen of like both of them doing like the huge touch me moment. Why did they not put it in? Conspiracy. Um, that's the other thing, like with whenever the lip sync's happening and you get the confessionals from the other contestants, I don't even remember them saying anything at all about Jerry. Nothing, not at all. This was definitely an edited episode for us to be told Cherry was not good. And I'm not happy about that. I think Tace walking toward the back of the stage, stopping and then just giving that face. That was the power moment. That was the, oh my God, she just, she is the winner here. Um, I was very sad because there, there was only one answer based on what we saw. Rue saves Tace and Cherry is eliminated. But like I said, I think this was the wrong overall decision. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly thought Cherry was going to be one of the long haul queens. Like, I thought yep. she was going to be in the top half of the queens yep. based off of the amount of screen time that she was getting in confessionals. Like, yeah. she was basically one of the narrators of the season, and then you let her go. And I was just blown away by yep. that. Um, what am I not seeing with Sister Sister that they are seeing? I don't know. I don't know if it's that they think that she's this new generation conceptual queen or what it is, because I don't feel like it's it's not like a Sasha Velour, like polished new generation. It is very rough around the edges. See, like and there's something very crystal about uh, sister sister but i think crystal had polish oh crystal definitely had polish like there was a method to her madness yeah. as far as a method Wrong um, crystal. but like there was there's a thing like yeah. i just don't i don't think that she has th- I, I don't see why she's still there yeah. honestly i really don't yeah. Um, Cherry says that she has a fire under her ass and she will never let anyone overlook her. And her exit line, I think, was a great exit line, clearly made on the moment. All rats. Um, yeah. She says she feels deflated and robbed. And I think she's right. And as she says, every day is Valentine's Day. All right. I got some burning questions to round this out. Next week is a design challenge. Is there anyone you're worried about? Um. 
I mean, I don't really know most of their backgrounds as far as uh, sewing or design concept concepts um, other than Ellie because they right. do harp on Ellie how much does she it. makes of her own. Yeah, Ellie does a lot of her stuff. Ahura does a lot of her stuff. Lawrence does a lot of her stuff. I think we're going to have some issues with Tace and Estina because if Estina only wears ASO's jackets, I don't think she's going to make anything. Yeah, I don't think Estina is going to do strong. Tace may get help because yeah. she is friends with Ahura. That may come back into play. Um, I, I don't really know what Ginny is capable of. So mm -hmm. this may be a week that we're, that she struggles. Yeah. Um, and may, we don't really know what Veronica's sewing right. background is. So she may struggle right after a win because we've seen right. that in many a season. And, and we but, are right. We are at the point now where we had two winners of lip syncs. So it's not like we have someone who's consistently in the bottom. So I think next week it's anyone's game, which is very exciting right. to watch. Um, next question for you. Taste and Ahura, is this a thing? Um, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I mm. think like they said for the confessionals that it's a thing that has happened, but yeah. I don't think it's a, a thing that continues by any means, excuse me. Yeah. And I ask it every week after two episodes, the winner is. Um, who the edit says and who I want are slightly different. Go for it. But I think the edit is very much in favor of Lawrence Cheney. I agree. And uh, after this episode, I am even more on board with Veronica. All right, all right. I very much think Lawrence Cheney has this in the bag. Um, it's just gonna be the journey to get there. I think the only person who's really gonna challenge her is gonna be Tace because there is something in her that Rue loves. Oh, well, there's, I thought Tace in the first episode was definitely top three. That dragon look outfit with that wig, with the hair horns, I absolutely thought that was one of the top three. And mm -hmm. then when it wasn't, I was like, yeah, you're watching the same show. It'll be interesting. I, I think this is what is exciting about UK. I don't know what the difference is between UK and US. Maybe it's because we know some of the US queens now every season, but I'm mm -hmm. just not feeling the fire and the fun out of US that I have here. Like I'm, I'm so excited for every week for UK. US, I'm like, okay, let's, let, let's see how our friends do. This is giving me like original season yeah. of Project Runway where like you came in and you didn't know anything about any of these, like any of the contestants yeah. and anyone could win because they were so strong. Yeah. And I feel like this is a very, very strong cast that depending on the challenges and the way that the runways fall, any of them could really make it all the way to the end and possibly win. Yeah. Like we're getting the edit that's showing a couple of front runners, definitely, but they all have the talent to back it up to actually make it all the way to the end. So I'm, I, I'm excited. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like I'm still biased on season one because that cast was an enigma. They were so perfect, but I'm really loving this show. Yeah. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Oh, um, so my social media is just at Twinkie Boots, T-W-I-N-K-Y-B-O-O-T-S. And my Venmo 
is just at Twinkie Boots NYC. Perfect. Well, it was so much fun having you on the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Yes, of course. I'm ex- I would love to do it again. I love talking about British drag queens. <laughs> the biggest thanks to Twinkie Boots for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs> <laughs>